0: About the week, no show. What's happening in our streets, no show. They'll help you understand, no show. All right, we're live. Welcome to the No Show. My name is Andrea Edwards.
1: And my name is Joe Augustine, and he feels that way because he is slightly out of focus. And this is Tim Wade.
2: Hi, I'm Tim Wade. <laughs> yeah, this is a different camera. I might swap my camera a little bit later. Welcome to the No Show, everybody. It's great to be here on this wonderful day. Andrea, you're in a hotel room, is that right? I am. I'm just down south of Patong, having a few days off with the kids. Very it's nice. In, Joe's in his, his um, studio, and I am switching cameras rapidly at the moment. But we have a special guest with us today. I should probably introduce you too, him. Indeed. So so this week we're going to be joined by Kathy Johnson, the authentic leadership coach. Does that mean she only coaches authentic leaders? We'll find out. Um, She's a speaker, coach, and facilitator, as well as a keen follower of the world's news, which is why she's here on The No Show, to help us all. Uh, Our theme this week is being our most authentic selves and why it matters, and we'll discuss why authenticity is so critical today and how it supports our ability to make decisions with integrity as well as getting clear on what matters to us and the actions we take. Welcome.
3: Kathy. Thank you, Tim. Thank you all. Um, Great to be here. I'm not sure what else I will say about me except I'm a coach, a facilitator, and a speaker, and um, I'm good friends
0: with each of you three, so I'm really happy to be here. It's good to have you here. She's a fabulous person, but also very interested in world affairs, and that's one of the reasons I I, I absolutely had to have you on, although it's hard getting any time in your diary, woman, you're so busy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I am, but good busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, if you want to comment and uh, be so that we can see it, you've got to s- sign in and give Streamyard permission. So, come in and join in the conversation. But um, do you want to get into the stuck into the news that struck a chord this week? Yes, I'm yeah, sure. Let's get to ready? it. Well, the breaking news this morning that you guys may not have seen: Alec Baldwin has accidentally shot and killed, as well as. Uh, seriously Hurt, another actor, um, you know, the the producer and the photographer in a movie set, and it's with a, a stunt gun. So uh, oh. a terrible accident that just um, came out breaking news this morning. But the big news I think this week that sort of kicked the week off was the death of former US Secretary of State Colin Powell. I was yeah. surprisingly sad by that. Did you guys sort of feel that moment? I was definitely sad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I was. I was immediately incensed by how it was uh, weaponized uh, by the group that I also kind of look into. I, I'm, I'm following what the, the, the anti vaxxers are doing, and uh, they immediately hopped on that and turned that into something else.
0: Well, that that's uh, yeah. Um, I, I think you're very brave getting into an anti-vaxer group because and they do too. tend to sort of get into you and take over you and, uh, yeah, it's a risk. But uh, John Roberts from Fox News tweeted, the fact that Colin Powell died from a breakthrough COVID infection raises new concerns about how effective vaccines are long-term. And a lady called Nina Jankovic replied, he also suffered from multiple myeloma. Any reporting that mentions Powell's COVID-19 vaccination status, but not that his body was essentially unable to fight infections, is not doing its due diligence, so that's 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 been a pretty interesting uh, series of events this week. I thought. Yeah.
1: I'm getting I'm getting really convinced that a lot of these people who report in that way don't really know what the truth is anyway. As in, like they, they really just you know look at what they've seen somewhere and report it and, and and say it out without even checking somewhere else.
0: Yeah, that's completely irresponsible. But let's let's continue with COVID. So I'm sure you've been noticing that. In the UK, COVID has now hit around the 50,000 infections a day mark, uh, significantly higher than the rest of Europe. So lots of conversations, should they move to plan B, should they move to plan C, they're not mandating masks, there's no vaccine passports, and, but the hospitalisation and, and the critical patients are definitely lower if you compare the statistics to this time last year. And then on the other side, the World Health Organisation have said that due, due to vaccine inequity, the pandemic will continue deep into twenty twenty two. So, like when I think about what we've been talking about for weeks now, just reminding everyone, we're always two weeks behind COVID. We're always, you know, you've got to look at it in the big picture perspective. Uh, but, but Joe, I did notice that you you've been having a bit of fun on Facebook this week talking about COVID. There was an Irish story that you shared. Do you want to do you want to share a little bit about what you've been reading?
1: Uh well okay so the the Irish story that I that I that I shared was about how someone had taken data or at least taken a news story and and kind of found a conclusion from that it was basically how this particular Irish county had a 97% rate of vaccination and it also simultaneously had one of the highest rates of infections uh, rate of uh, cases for covid at the same time and we just put that together and said absolutely that proves that vaccines don't work uh, and in fact, went on to say that it actually proves that vaccines weaken the immune system. That's why the uh, vaccine. That's why the 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 rate has been so high. So I I just I just got on that in terms of trying to trying to help people go like it's not as simple as that. You got to go deeper. You got to ask bigger questions. You got to find out why that's the case and what had happened. Um, and and I think that article that you shared with us as well about uh, why why COVID cases are so high in the UK, or at least, it attempts to ask the question. And answer the question why uh, the cases are so high in the UK is the kind of thing that pe- that people should be doing. They should be looking yeah. at something and going like, why is that the case? Uh, and then before they 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 share a conclusion that is uh, well baseless is essentially the way to describe it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kathy, have you been reading anything about COVID in the last week? Yeah. Uh... Yeah, the usual stuff. And that
3: article was very interesting also, um, just in highlighting some things that, um, that I don't know, bring, bringing some things together, um, even though it's focused on the UK. Um, I'm always uh, watching a little more around COVID in the U.S. Um, one thing that happened is the U.S. Um, lowered Singapore's COVID rating from level three to level four, the worst level, um, because they're apparently in dire straits, um, a lot worse than the US, apparently. So um, I, I, saw something,
2: I saw something about that and it just infuriated me. Did anyone see mm-hmm. the, I, I know I'm saying the F word, but anyone see the Fox News <laughs> version of that? No. What? So, Basically, they had some epidemic uh, some some super scientist dude, right next, to, right na- you know, next to them, who who would validate everything they had to say, and the host would ask him a direct question, and as soon as she fed him what she wanted, she cut him off so he couldn't do the but, mm, and yep. but effect- mm. effectively it was like you know Singapore who was the shining light, uh, are now experiencing massive you know, um, a flood of cases. And they were the ones that were saying, we all need to get jabbed and they're all wearing masks. And all the pictures were people wearing masks. Wow. And now they've got all these extra cases. So obviously, you know, they, they, obviously that doesn't work. And well, the, the the thing about that
1: particular story is, and what was frustrating about that is there is somewhere in there, there's there's a shade of truth in what is being said, in the sense that what is being talked about is, Is the need for herd immunity and why Singapore is actually, in some sense, it's it's COVID naive. So we're we're vaccinated, but we've never been really exposed to it. The rate of infection, I think, it's only three percent of our our population so far has been exposed, uh, you know, to COVID. So we don't have any natural immunity. What we have is is acquired a vaccination based uh, immunity and the best kind of immunity is going to come when we are with a vaccination exposed to the real thing and then our body learns and goes okay this is the this is how we deal with it and then it builds up Uh, exactly that, 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 that little bit of truth was what that 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 expert was about and 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 i i don't know why experts accept invitations by fox because maybe they they, yeah. they feel that they can do something about the truth because i i know this guy didn't subscribe to what they were saying about it and in I fact the clip that's being put a uh, put around or be, being being shared around is exactly that he's about to say what the prime minister is saying, because they, they use a clip of, of uh, Lee Sien Long talking about it and, and saying it's a flip-flop in message. And yep. really, it's not. He's about to explain why it's not, but they cut him off because the narrative didn't fit.
2: Yeah. so It's you criminal. Because it. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was about to yeah. say all of that. Yeah, but that was pretty much, that was it, that was it. It was, you know, effectively, if the virus comes in and we're unvaccinated, we're all going to be in hospital and a bunch of people are going to die. If we all get vaccinated before the virus comes in, then it comes in, we're all going to get it, but we're not going to go to hospital and we're not going to die.
3: Yeah.
2: So and the hospitals. Better- yeah. And the hospitals can handle it. Isn't it better yeah. that your people are vaccinated and can, conf- isn't it better when you go to war that you've got weapons? America should know that better yeah. than anyone. So, <laughs> so, you know, they're going they're to go war without any weapons. And, and it's just like, and that's why, I don't know how many people are dead in America because of this thing, but
0: but it's a lot more than 700,000 right 770 yeah, it's nearly big. a million people so yeah yeah they, they passed rounded they up. they passed the 1918 <laughs> pandemic just a few weeks ago we were talking about it 70,000 versus so, what 30 something yeah. yeah
2: i still think singapore's doing better
0: than america but Thanks do you Fox do New you guys feel political. do you feel that you know there was a lot of frustration with the government's recent handling of keeping people in lockdown. Do you guys feel yeah. that they were right?
1: So so I'm, I'm going to do something that I really am not supposed to do because, first of all, uh, I am still a Malaysian. I have a family that's entirely Singaporean around me, and I'm not supposed to comment about things like this, but I'm going to say something. Um you know, the, 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 the real problem is this particular government doesn't defend itself. It doesn't really want to spend the time on the rhetoric. It wants to do the work. And right now, with the situation, uh, there is something very big happening that no one is going to try and touch and talk about because they won't say it. Uh, and this is just me and this is just my opinion based on the science I understand and what I what I, what I see going on. Uh, what we have is a controlled burden right now. you know there was an article that came out uh in the in the papers it was uh it was um it was a it was an opinion piece by one of the journalists and this opinion was basically you know are we are we paying too much too high a price by avoiding the inevitable by 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 going through all these uh, all these um, uh, um, uh, measures right and I got to say that in in my mind, that the fact that this article was written this way, it it, it, it dropped that journalist's uh, esteem in my mind, because the words that, that came out of it, and this could be the editor's choice, um, said inevitable. Are we are we just trying to avoid the inevitable? And the the the, the problem is, if anyone dies, i I'm, I'm actually. And it's very morbid to say, so I'm okay if anyone dies inevitably from COVID-19. What I'm saying is that in the course of the disease, if someone does die at this stage after all the vaccination and everything happens, if it's inevitable, that's reasonable for me. What I am completely unable to handle, and I think no one should be able to handle, is this. If anyone dies because it wasn't inevitable... If someone has COVID-19 and dies because there's not enough oxygen, there's not enough beds, there's not enough people to look after this person, that they could be saved, but because it got out of hand, it 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 was not an inevitable death, but it just got out of hand. And that's the thing that we kind of had to work on. And and it's I, I don't I don't know how people are able to, to look at it and go, like, oh, it's gonna happen, we might as well just have it happen right now. The point is, if you look at the numbers right now, we, we, we can see that we're getting close to the capacity, as in we, we can see the numbers getting close to where ICU beds are available or won't be available. We can see those numbers coming up. And if we do... So so the question to ask yourself now is, with all the measures now and the breaks that we're trying to throttle to, to, to on at the same time, if we're still heading in that direction right now, is it a smart move to take the brakes off and say, you know what, let's just go and see what happens? Um, the the fact is, we're COVID naive. We're an underexposed uh, population. Uh, it's it's like lighting a fire in a dry forest if you don't have all these other measures in place. And the thing is, some of us are the wood <laughs> you know, that, that I mean, are going to go well, up yeah, and I mean,
2: another, another way to look at it, Joe is. Is okay. Let's take off the shackles. You're gonna. Everyone has to have a big party at their house, and you have to invite, you know, fifty people. Andrea can do it at her place. So, 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 fifty people are coming. Your fifty closest friends and relatives, and you know, people you haven't seen for ages. Now they can finally come over. So we're going to have the party, but two of them will die by the end of the night. Are you happy to do that? Yeah. I'm not.
1: Cool. <laughs> the, 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 the thing about this is the inevitable part of this. If, if we have, if we talk about vaccinations and what vaccination can do, the best we can do, all that's fine. But the problem is when you when you get to excess, when you get to past capacity, what happens is people die not because of COVID. Like in the U.S., what you see is people having a heart attack, nothing to do with COVID at all, but they can't find an ICU to look after them, so they die because there was no help available. And it's not a price that I think people can look at themselves in the face and go like or, or look at themselves in the eyes and say, oh, that's OK, uh, because it's abstract right now. People people are yeah. desperate. They really want to get back to it. And I and I, and I really feel for them. And it, it's always easy to, to, to blame somebody who's responsible for holding you back because of anti-vaxxers and, and all those people. But th- th- there, there is a need for, for us to at least come back together and go like, okay, let's have all these diverse views and at the same time understand this thing about capacity and say, okay, let's not use it all up at the same time because if we do, then people are going to die and it won't be just because of COVID.
0: Mm. Although when we saw in India, a lot of people who did die, uh, died of COVID, but not, but, but, it wasn't inevitable that they died. A lot of younger people died because they couldn't get access to oxygen. They couldn't get a hospital bed. I mean, I was talking to so many of my Indian friends. Everybody I know in India lost somebody. And a, a lot of younger people passed away, and it's literally because they were just completely overwhelmed. And we saw it in Indonesia. We saw it at the hospitals in Bangkok. You know, there's there's been some terrible, terrible stories, and there's a global oxygen shortage. You know, 4% of Africa has received a vaccine, 4%. You know, we're we just, we're and like the World Health Organization said, this is going to go deep into 2022 because we're not approaching it from a global perspective and we're not taking yeah. care of every country and variations and mutations are going to come. And uh, it's just, uh, it's a bit of a relentless journey for all of us, right? Uh, yeah, I wanted
3: to just add, I don't agree with everything a Singapore government does, but I would say this, this situation is really a huge struggle for any government anywhere. I think they're trying to to ride a fine line. But I also would say, I don't know when it was, um, some a month or two ago, whenever it was, um, Lee Sian Liang was talking about how the numbers are going to get up to, I don't know what he said, 5,000 or 8,000 or 10,000 a day. And we want to control the access um, and the facilities for people to be able to be treated. And I find that this whole um, shutting down, it's not, it's not circuit breaker. It's not going back to what we had last year. But keeping it at two people and the restrictions that there are, I, I find it, um, I think they're doing, um, as you said, Joe, doing the right thing so that we don't go through the roof. So we're not lighting a match in the, in a dry forest. Um, but I, I think there, it's also doable. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm really being conscious of not going nuts about this shutdown um, because a lot of people, it is very upsetting to a lot of people. You're back, Tim. Um, it is upsetting to a lot of people and, and a lot of people's lives are, are upended. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on helping to um, create calmness as much as possible. Because it is, we're yeah. not going to be through this anytime soon. And getting used to, sometimes we're going to have cutbacks. Cut sometimes we won't. Um, that's going to be around for a while.
0: Yeah. That's my approach. Yeah, yeah. It's the sane approach, right? Stop resisting it. It's a, it's a reality and we're going to have to get through it. Uh, let's move into the environment. So, a couple of really big pieces came out this week. And I don't, obviously, with COP26 coming up, there's a lot of environmental content coming out. Um, there was another piece this week 99.9% of scientific research agrees that climate change is human induced. So, that's gone from 97% to 99.9%. Um, and there's also a leak of what the governments are trying to do with the IPCC report to get them to uh, to chop it down. But one of the big issues that I think we all really really need to understand and and, and invest our time and energy and attention in is is the technology solutions that are being offered. So there's a an amazing article called Is Sucking Carbon Out of the Air the Solution to Our Climate Crisis? It's published in Mother Jones. Obviously, it'll be in my weekend reads this week. And this article really does take us on a journey uh, where the technology is and there's multiple variations of this technology, its challenges, its opportunities, but most importantly, the solutions that are being put forward the strongest will actually mean that the fossil fuel industry will continue as it is uh, for some time to come. So one of the technologies you're going to hear more and more about is called DAC, which is direct air capture. Uh, Right now there's a pilot plant, I think it's up somewhere on the border in Canada, and it can process up to 1,000 metric tonnes of CO2 annually. Just to give you an idea, we emit 33 billion tonnes a year. So 1,000 metric tonnes isn't a lot. But the idea is we capture, we convert it into fuel, we release more emissions, but we capture those emissions so we're not increasing emissions. So that's kind of the idea. And the bigger idea is obviously we create, build enough machines that we can start um, bringing down the CO2 in the atmosphere and reverse climate change. So, uh, And eventually not converting it into fuel will also start pumping it deep into the earth, which also has environmental impacts. So we're basically what we need to be doing is we need to be drawing down 10 billion metric tonnes of CO2 per year. And the question in the article, is this where where we should focus? And it makes the argument from every angle. So the governments are subsidising this technology, private billionaires are subsidising it too, but the money is nowhere near enough and the, the price will only come down when the scale goes up. But it relies on the fossil fuel industry because the fossil fuel industry has the infrastructure in place to be able to build the machines, to sequester the carbon. And that means that that's an industry that can continue as it is. Um, another one is called bioenergy with carbon capture and sequestration. Easy enough for you to say. <laughs> um and that acronym is bex so that's another one that you can uh, hear about, and many say it's a fantasy. It's so – it's the, the amount of physical space it needs to be actually implemented is just an impossibility. But from all I'm reading about DEX, bex and all of the other ones, it's definitely going to have a part to play, but with the fossil fuel industry being able to maintain its business as usual for a decade, two decades, 50 years – the lobbying towards that technology is going to be what makes this the thing that we rely on the most so as an example people will fight let's plant trees right okay so afforestation and reforestation actually runs into the same problems as uh, as Bex and DAC. to plant enough re- uh, enough trees so that we can get to net zero by 2050 it requires 4 billion acres and that is the equivalent to 80% of the global farmland currently on the planet so it's a bit of a bind if you, if you look at it but if all of the focus and the funding goes in one direction we're pretty much screwed so we need to be looking at doing multiple things and investing in all of them if we have any chance of being able to come through this crisis and build, build a bit of furniture out the other end so did you guys have a chance to have a look at that article
3: yeah oh yeah it it's it's a, it, uh, I wasn't aware of DAC, uh, so this was new to me. Um, but I like uh, how it goes into uh, Norbecks, but I like how it goes into the detail about the the background and what's possible. But fundamentally, um, yeah, it will mean uh, getting getting um, this carbon dioxide to be bought and used for some something or stored somewhere, but also getting the um, big fossil fuel companies to get real, yeah. change their direction, which is, which is not going to be easy.
0: Yeah. If you're interested in um, energy storage as well, which is another big problem that needs to be solved, so, you know, um, solar, uh, wind, how do we store the energy and then move it around the world? There's a, an, a, a podcast, Wall Street Journal podcast called The Future of Everything. And uh, they're doing a series on carbon catch- capture. So I'd recommend uh, having a listen to that. It's a really interesting part of the climate crisis conversation. All right. Uh, the other one is forget your carbon footprint. Let's talk about your carbon shadow. And I thought this was a really interesting point of view that sort of sort of, so many of the arguments that arguments and conversations I'm having with people are, but you drive a car. And I'm like, well, of course I drive a car because I live in a place where that's the only option that I've got is to drive a car and the electric electric infrastructure isn't here. So, you know, you can only be as green as you can be based on what's available to you. But basically the article talks about two people. So one of them flies around the world every week and the other one walks to work and lives in a small apartment who's got the bigger footprint well obviously the person who flies every week would have the bigger footprint but the person who walks to work and lives in a small apartment works for an advertising company and they create ads for the fossil fuel industry so that's that's kind of the message it's it's a bigger it's a bigger message so bp introduced the concept of our personal carbon f- footprint nearly 20 years ago now and we've been focused on that but when we only focus on that we're focusing on individual small actions that don't necessarily have the impact of, of the bigger actions, like who we vote for, how many children we have, where we live, um, but equally how much we talk about the climate crisis and uh, try and get other people to act and to think. You know, like I I won't buy a plastic bottle of water unless my children are dying. I, I literally will not, and I'll do everything I can to make sure that I don't have plastic if if, if there's any way for me to to avoid it. So. It's really about the the climate shadow is about all of your life choices and, you know, so it's how you spend your money, how you vote, um, how much you talk about climate change and also whether your words are amplifying urgency, apathy or denial. So your shadow gets bigger. So um, the three parts of the climate shadow are my consumption, my choices and my attention. It's a really interesting Perspective, and obviously, when I was reading it, I was realizing that my climate shadow is obviously a little bit smaller than a lot of people I know because I'm certainly talking about it with urgency. So that was a really good piece. Did you guys, anyone, have a chance to read that one?
3: Yeah, uh, and um, and it was fascinating actually um, because it, the uh, the big picture which you just talked about it, of big companies talking about you know. The, Something that makes us focus on the little things, which is which is fine, and that's that's good. But it then we don't need to do anything big because the big part it, it seems too big. But I can, you know, make sure I don't use straws now, um, and that's and that's where I put my energy, or or no plastic anywhere. But then they're not h- held to the fire. No one, is, yeah. no one's really feeling a sense of urgency because I'm just I'm taking care of my stuff. I've got my. But when you look at the shadow, it's a bigger thing, and the and the the um, first little example that the article starts with, which you mentioned, it's not just that the guy is um, who is uh, riding his bike to work is actually doing an ad for the big oil. It's a did you look at the ad because they gave an example um, of an ad where. It's one that they put out some years back, um, not long ago, but it was about how um, whichever company, I think it was BP. Excellent. was Exxon, yeah. Yeah, it was, was um, it had a picture of uh, wind energy, you know, the, the windmill thing, whatever, like that we're going into this new space now. But they're, that's not what they're doing. That's not a big push. It's not there it's 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 distracting anyway no i love that one that one is i just think it's really worth reading it's 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 lovely
0: actually does it give you does it make you want to talk up more did it make yeah, you want
3: it to yeah it share does it more? No. yeah it does it's 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 one that I think when you see a bigger picture which is which is what that article is about it's not just it's To get where we need to get to, it's not going to. um, We're not going to get there in time if we're thinking about little things. It's not to drop that, but but the voices need to get bigger.
0: Yeah, but but I find when people focus on doing the little things and changing their life, they also start to become more aware, and then they become more. Their voice becomes bigger. Their concern becomes bigger. They notice more. So the little things do matter. because it, it, it fundamentally shifts, you know, I, I, when people come walk into my house and I go into the fridge and there's a big plastic bottle of Coke, I'm like, why, why would you bring that into my home? You know, I'm yeah. outraged by it, right? And yeah, But yeah. it gives me an opportunity to say something to yes. them as well because people just don't think. They don't think yeah, about I, stuff like that, you know? I agree. but And so, yes, we might voice
3: out more in situations like that. But I think some people... I think that's why I really like what you're doing here with this No show and with all of your weekend readings, because I think really there is enough stuff out there that if enough people just get exposed to it and read it so that we learn more, it yeah. it can have a bigger difference. It really can. That's my
0: spend time I'm here. With, spend time with the information that matters, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Well. Mm-hmm. So, this is the thing that I think um, we sometimes uh, don't look at, and I, I think I think my 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 wife's always wondering why do I want to get into so many arguments, right? I mean, with her as well. But uh, <laughs> there, the, the, the you know, you know, and the thing is, we're we're coming to a state. I think I think there's a, there's a, there's a place in the world where we're trying to let people have all their little discussions to the side. You know, the, the the phrase "you do you," right? Uh, when we disagree, to some, we, we disagree with someone's ideas or thoughts and we just say, well, you know, let, let them do their stuff over there. It's harmless. Um, and the thing is, it's not harmless. It, it's it's to the point right now where someone's going to do something that is ridiculous. And it's, and it's because they were inspired by an alternative truth. So I, I watched a video this week and it was a, a very impassioned video by someone, an anti-vaxxer in Singapore, a young man. Uh, and if, if it was about religion, we would have said he'd been radicalized. But he was really just upset by the idea that, that, that everybody was being forced into this vaccination. And the phrase that I got from his video, which is chilling and should be chilling, is this. He says, you know, some people want to be guided by the science and the data. Oh, hang on. He said, some people want to be guided by the science and the evidence instead of the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, 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 it struck me. So this is the thing, right? They're given all kinds of information. So this thing about education is a, double ed- a double-edged sword. You're going to get information. You're going to get education uh, from both sides. You're going to have people who don't know what they're saying but are very much capable of, of going out there and making those speeches, making those videos. And they're getting lots and lots of clicks, lots and lots of views, few, uh, um, uh, lots and lots of uh, of likes. Um, and views, and, they, and, and they're and they getting their endorphin charge, and then they're motivated to do even more, and then they get all the confirmation bias, and then they find the evidence that supports their stuff, and because of confirmation bias, they're not checking the details in the news. Um, I received a video from a friend of mine, um, who was, you know, he, he was just trying to be helpful and said that the next pandemic is here. And he shared with me this thing about this virus, this new virus that was, was the little outbreak was happening in, in, in Africa right now, saying it's brand new, there are no vaccines. And what's going to happen in the end is they're going to come up, they, they, they were able to reveal that there was going to be a rollout of vaccines that was going to end up killing billions of people. And the vaccine was made of ricin. And I went, <sighs> If you did any research at all before you forwarded that email to me, you would have found out, well, no, this is not a new virus. This virus is actually from the 1960s. It first appeared in Germany. I can't remember the name of this virus right now, but you'll see it soon enough. Um, it's, 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 it's having a little bit of a, a resurgence right now in the middle of Africa. And no one would ever make a vaccine from ricin because it's pure toxin, right? Yeah. But yeah. No one's doing the research to go. That's not what's happening. That wouldn't happen. But they've very kindly forwarded to me just to raise my blood le- my, my my blood pressure.
3: <laughs> and and Joe, something that is I saw um, this morning, which uh, will exacerbate that is you know Trump now is going to come out with this new social media platform called Truth Social. That is truth in all caps, social. Um, and he, his, he the money has come in in a huge, huge amount. Um, something like uh, this SPAC's shares soared more than 40% on news of this social media deal that was completed. So that this truth social Trump platform, uh, uh, that scares me. Scary, I don't know. It's really. going to be
0: a it's going to be a miserable place to be. I know that much. But I saw something yesterday. Trevor Noah shared a tweet, and so I don't know if this is true, but it was funny anyway. Um, apparently, on yesterday, um, somebody got hold of Trump's profile and replaced it with pig testicles covered in feces, so you can't access the site anymore. So, but yeah, I mean, I saw it. And I was just like, oh, what a miserable place that'll be. And talk about talk about confirmation <laughs> bias right everyone's going to be agreeing with each other i know that's that's... right joe you might have a bit of fun on that one yeah
1: yeah it was me i'm sorry i shouldn't have done it (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't me no but but actually i forgot i forgot the point i was trying to get to in the end uh, with, with what i was talking about just now right is that people need to come we need to get people to be able to rise up and have that counter conversation you know to have that rational conversation because uh, th- there's a bunch of people who just don't know how to have that conversation. They don't. They, they haven't been to, to to social media karate class, and because of that, they just go like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay away. I'm gonna stay out of trouble here. I'm not gonna get involved with this. And it, it just ends up, you know, in, in these in these echo chambers, which are just ridiculous. Some of the ideas. I mean, some of the. Uh, there, there were some. There were some. It, it's just the kind of circular arguments that happen for them that they they, 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 they keep pushing about truth, and then if you look at the very statement that they're saying, it, in itself, it's already kind of like you know contradicting itself, and no one's calling themselves out on it. They, you know, uh, someone was talking about how uh, COVID deaths. Uh, they were complaining about this article, saying that what's going to happen? What What happens is they don't report COVID deaths, and this article was about COVID deaths. And, and and I went, hang on, you're saying they don't report these numbers, but you're actually sharing an article where they're reporting the numbers. You're like, whoa, hang on, what's that? You know?
0: Yeah, the lack of logic, right? It's sort of yeah, the lack of logic. So you said Bryson before, yeah. I mean, yeah. just a just a Google search. What is it? We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll sort of we'll take into, you know yeah you know like and and where is it and is it being used and um but also fact checking yourself you know it's it, i mean if you want to put information out there into the world surely you don't want to be wrong like so i i know that these people aren't doing it because they think they're wrong they do believe in what they're sharing and we we have to work out a way to overcome that and i don't know if you know joining those social communities like you have I, d- I don't know if that's a good thing to do because i actually think that's it's it infects your soul eventually you know and you kind of lose faith yep. in humanity as well so you've got to be cautious like I've, I've watched many friends rage on twitter with people and i'm like why are you bothering like yeah. seriously you can't have a conversation all they want to do is abuse you so rather than getting into these arguments, I've got somebody on YouTube recently attacking something I put out and I'm like, well, all right, that's your belief. That's your belief. I'm not going to have a fight with you about it. I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't know what you believe. I don't know how much research you've done. So, but if it's you, one of you guys, I'll have a, I'll have an argument any day because I know you'll do the work. So I don't know, you know, but I think the rest of us need to be vocal on social media. We need to share the truth and the facts and the people who do the work and find the knowledge. I think it's it's our obligation. Too many smart people are silent because of the stupidity that they see, and all that I, means I is that stupidity has a bigger platform.
1: I think we need a. I think we need to make a get a. You know, like we talk about work life balance. I think we need to work on 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 mental health balance as well. As in, like, I think what's mm-hmm. happening is we've we've kind of we've kind of retreated into this place where we are trying to we're trying to protect our mental health. Right, so as, as 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 we do that, we say, you know what, let's all, all this drama is just not worth it. And I think what we do is we need to have to come to, to some kind of balance because, like, what's happening with the environment and everything else, I think I think this kind of mental health thing is also gonna we're, we're gonna pay a price for it. You know, if if we if everyone retreats into that, you know what, let's just let let's let let's let the crazy people do what they do. We don't we don't get involved with the drama. What's gonna happen is enough of that drama is gonna happen, and it will hit us in a much bigger. Yeah. Mental health wave down the line, so it's a little bit like the the climate crisis. I feel I think that there's a crisis of stupidity that's building up because we're allowing it to happen. The way we're going, like oh, you 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 are stupid. We 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 look at that as a kind of handicap. We look at it and and so like we should we should allow them to 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 have uh, different privileges because they're obviously not you know whatever right, and, and we 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 shouldn't we shouldn't go all the way to that end. I think we should maybe give ourselves, you know, a, a five minute or 10 minute time ago. like, Okay. You know what? You need to do a little raging today. Uh, and when you're done, go back in there and, and, and cool off. But you got to do some of that, you know, because right now it's, it's smart people staying silent, start smart people doing, looking at, I mean, you're, you're looking at your feed and you're getting angry and you can see this impact, but you just go, I give up on this particular thing. There are more important things to do. And when I think more people, when when too many people look away from the stuff that is important to say as not being the important thing to do, then no one says it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Jim, you've been quiet. Yeah.
2: uh, Just listening. It's okay.
1: He's enjoying the show today.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's one of our viewers. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, you know. If I, it's there's so much going on, there's so much nonsense, there's so much noise, and we're kind of preaching to the converted here. Mm. So, uh, that's that's the challenge in a nutshell, I guess.
3: But the converted, the silent,
2: well, we still need to be talking about it though, we still need to be sharing because, like, like Andrea, I mean, if if the if all the news is stupid then we're just going to get dumber. Yeah. And and b- based on the way social media works and the way trust now works, um I mean trust has always worked the same way but but who we trust is diminished from the media outlets and the politicians and everybody else to just our social circles. Then we have a big responsibility as people in those social circles to be sharing things that have some basis in truth the challenge is of course truth and truth has been questioned since postmodernism came in the sort of 80s and 90s and we've we've all been saying everyone's got their own truth and you know you go live your own truth and at some point we will have a discussion about what is truth is your truth the same as my truth or is there a truth beyond our perspective and and that's possibly when we can agree on what the baseline for having any sort of logical rational debate will be and mm. that is that there is a baseline upon which we can have an argument otherwise i'm arguing about oranges and you're you're arguing about astronauts and they, they've just got nothing to do with each other
0: yeah, when, you go through, when you go through history i mean one of the signs of the end of civilizations is always when uh, the intellectual sort of level of the society is pulled down murdered kicked out and, um, you know, you saw at the end of Persia, uh, when the Shah came to power, the first thing they did was get rid of the intellectuals. So uh, when we when we move into a time where the people who are doing the work, the scientists, the, the medical professionals, where they aren't heard and trusted, then we know that we've got a problem in our, in our global society and we're seeing it playing out all around the world. So I, I do believe that we all have a we have a responsibility to humanity to participate, even if it's horrible. But then I've talked to friends, you know, they just they they find it so upsetting to be on social media these days because of what's going on. So stop following people who upset you. Have a small have a smaller footprint, you know, if that's going to help your mental health. But <clears throat> if you can, if you're strong enough to participate, please don't go away because we need you. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to move on to the to the next bit? So um, I pay a fair bit of attention to what go, what's going on in China. Do you, are you guys kind of interested in China and everything that goes on over there? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's some there's some pretty weird stuff. Like last week, I was talking about um, LinkedIn's going to close their China operation. Uh, one of the most popular Muslim prayer chats on Apple has been removed by Apple. And there's also a, a rising uh, group of young influencers who are out there sort of speaking the, the, the party's sort of dialogue, right? So the anti-West sentiment is rising. Today, Biden said that if China does anything with Taiwan, America will protect Taiwan. But in this last week, we've had some other interesting things happen. So apparently China has tested a, <coughs> hypersonic, a hypersonic nuclear missile, and America, uh, hypersonic,
1: course, hypersonic capable.
0: capable uh, so hypersonic
1: nuclear capable missile. It, it okay. was a yeah.
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Um, then the US basically have said that they're defenseless against a weapon like this, and they don't have anything that can um, uh, deal with it. Uh, China has denied testing this missile. And at the same time, within a few hours of China doing this, North North Korea obviously launched a, a missile into the Japan waters. So this is just this been this has been going on this week. And, you know, obviously it's the same cold war rhetoric we saw with Russia. I always remember working for an aerospace company and the the fighter jet that we were terrified of was at the air show in Melbourne. And I went inside this fighter jet and I remember everyone, you know, that was technology at a level that we couldn't quite comprehend i remember going inside this fighter jet at the air show and it was just basically a shambles i mean it looked like it was glued glued together right um but so when i look when i look at the rhetoric around sort of cold war language i'm always looking at it through those sort of eyes but it is a little bit of a concern considering everything else that's going on in the world that here we are in another cold war at a time when we've really got other bigger priorities to be focused on more than ever. But um, the language of division, the language, I mean, the US, um, uh, the the defence have just released a report basically saying, you know, the risk of war and, uh, you know, climate crisis, climate refugees, they've, they've all come out in a report that was just released just in the last 24 hours. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about, where the world's leaders' minds are right now. I don't think they're in the right place. What do you guys think?
2: I always get a bit doubtful and sceptical when when a country's national defence say we can't defend ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I so then I go, why would they say that? So most people would usually say, oh, you know, this is ludicrous and blah, 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 blah. But they wouldn't go out and say we can't defend ourselves against that. Uh, unless they want something, and then I just go, Well, what do they want? Well, they want to spend more money on arms and weapons, and they want to sell these weapons and these defenses to everybody else. And then I'm just like, And then I just go, You know, seriously, I mean, I guess if your number one export is weapons, then fair enough, I I get it, but everyone needs to know that, yeah. So, I, I just, I after a while, I just and this is the problem, I guess. This is the, the biggest challenge is we all become ostriches with our heads in the ground because mm. because it's just, you know, these guys are playing a game that's tiresome, really.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Kathy, you've probably got something more intelligent to say than that. I don't think so. Uh, but I do have something to say. Um, I'm reading a book called 2034. Have you heard of that? It's by Elliot Ackerman. This, I, I haven't finished it, but this is a novel that is actually happening right now in real life, except that it hasn't gone to the point that it has in the novel. It's that in the year 2034, not right now, the U.S. president has said, um, if China does anything to, uh, to Taiwan, that um, we will, you know, we're laying down the gauntlet. This is a red line. Um, and they did, and then something else happened. I'm not going to ruin the book, but it is absolutely fascinating. I'm I'm having to fight off reading it right here, right now. But um, it's it's a it's a real page turner. But it escalates in a way that um, what what happens in real life happens, um, which is unexpected things happen. It's it's and then when I heard Biden was saying, "We're going to protect Taiwan." It's an amazing kind of. Uh, it's amazing. I didn't. I didn't know about this. This. Um, yeah. Sorry. One little uh, important part is that the technology in the story is something that China has come up with that cloaks. That is a. a they can cloak their weaponry and their ships and everything else, and the U.S. has not nothing to. Protect itself with that, and that's how it goes crazy. It's like when the when the people from the U.S. were saying, "Yes, we we don't have anything we can do uh, against that." It's like, wow, this is this is this book is happening right now. It's, it's mm. earlier than twenty thirty four. Yeah, what's this, what's the book code again?
0: Twenty
3: thirty four. Twenty thirty four. Elliot
2: Ackerman sequel is much better. It's twenty thirty five.
0: <laughs> uh, every time, every time. So I right, hope this it's four. better. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty twenty-five
1: would be a spoiler in itself, wouldn't it? <laughs> Twenty
2: thirty-four. <2024. laughs> yeah, don't tell us 20, about 20, that. <laughs> Twenty thirty-five is is the subtitle
0: is Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, no. China is such an interesting country to me. Uh, if you, one of my favourite history subjects was always China, and every time China takes its eye off the domestic ball. It loses control of its country, and the one thing China doesn't want to lose is control of its country. They've got a seventh of the world's population living there, right? Um, but also the climate impacts that are going to start happening more and more. Like they can't, they can't get their coal out of their mines because the mines have been flooded because of climate change. So I don't know. Like China's closing off at a time that I think is 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 a really bad sign because uh, we we need to work together. We need global cooperation. So. Yeah, I'm 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 keep an eye out for the news on China. It's um it's a significant shift. It's definitely a significant shift diplomatically.
1: Can I can I offer another view on this? Um if if you were China and you were looking out and you just looked at the rest of the world and how the world's evolving right now, wouldn't you want to keep everybody out?
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, you know that, that that's the thing that I think has 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 come around because I think uh, for for quite a while they just said, okay, you know what we'll do is we'll have a balance of 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 more capitalism and that's going to be fine. It's going to work out okay. And what's interesting about China for me, um, and 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 it's it's outdated for sure. But whether or not it's something that that it, that is uh, desirable, I mean, have a think about this. Um, I kind of feel that China is what. Lee Kuan Yu might want to have uh if he had his choice. If, if if he had the 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 way things were going to be, I think he might have done it that way. Um where you kind of decided, yeah, this is for the greater good, we'll do this. This is for the greater good, we'll we'll do this. This is gonna be uncomfortable, we'll do this. People are gonna complain about this, but we'll do it anyway. Um and they kind of went ahead and they just did it, you know. And 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 I and I think. Just and not that I agree with what they're doing, not that I agree with the the liberties that they that they that they uh, trample on the way, Um, but I also see the value of what they're doing. I mean that they're holding on to some wisdom. They're holding on to something where they go like, "This is worthwhile to hold on to. We don't want to let go of these values." Um, They're looking at escalating property prices and saying that no that isn't sustainable you know we can't throw our next generation into that kind of a situation it's not going to work and they say okay we're going to fix that we're going to do something about that it's going to hurt but we'll do it you know so yeah yeah i I mean i i i i do agree there's a need for cooperation but i think the problem is whose rules are we going to go by you know we 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 when, when China is invited to play they're not invited to play they're invited to give up what they believe in so you can play our game rather than okay let China let's see what your ideas are and see how we can work with your ideas and, and I think that's the problem the problem is people yeah. don't want to go the China way even though representatively they, they they represent a lot of people they should even from a purely democratic point of view they should have a greater say a in the world but we refuse to let them have it
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of ways to look at this, a lot. Yeah. All right. Should we move into our theme for the week? And I'm looking forward to hearing what Cathy's got to say, being our most authentic selves. I don't think any of us struggle with that. Authenticity uh, is something we're hearing a lot about today, right? And I think it's also at risk of becoming just another buzzword. It's it's overused, but also I think the meaning of it isn't necessarily widely understood and what it what, what it really truly means. So, Kathy, would you be happy to share with us why it's important, I what would. it really means, why it matters, what it, what what it can deliver to you personally, and maybe tips, ideas, whatever on how people can work to become their most authentic selves? So I'll hand it over to you. Thanks, Andrea.
3: Um, I appreciate the opportunity to share this because it really means a lot to me. And you're right, authenticity is a word that is used a lot now. Um, When I use it, I'm referring to um, a need. Um, A need to both understand ourselves, like who we really are, what we really believe and care for, outside of the conditioning that we all got growing up with and also the need to act from that place, which requires self-confidence and courage. Um, It means acting from, from inside instead of continuing to just go along to get along, which is what most people, um, most of us do until we start to find ourselves. It's where we get to where we can make a difference in our own lives and in the world. So um, I would just say in general, it's about getting clear of what we were brought up to believe about ourselves and about the world. Um, I would also say that most people are living stressful lives, um, ongoing lives, not living with presence, not really doing, having time to do some self-reflection about themselves or about What matters to them? So um, just since you asked about what can we do to get there, um, there are two parts as I see it. One is to know yourself, to really know yourself. And I would say most people um, have a sense about themselves, but they don't know themselves deeply. I'm going to recommend two books. One you may have heard of, Uncommon Courage by Andrea Edwards, because yeah. um, one of the things, yeah, it's one of the things I love about that book is it's you're sharing your journey to understanding yourself, um, things that you uncovered, um, just like your own inner voice, inner critic. Um, reading a book like that um, can help us to also question ourselves and say, what is what is there for me. It's all about uncovering who you really are outside of your conditioning. Everyone everyone on the planet was conditioned. Oh, there you go. There's that book. I have one here, but I have it'll look backwards. Um, there's a second book I would recommend, um, which also can be helpful to understand our lives outside of our conditioning. Twenty thirty four, I think you said it. <laughs> yeah. That one, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one will help. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Uh, No, there's another one called The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, There are lots of books, but those two I would strongly recommend. It's just a way to start to understand, first of all, that we all got this conditioning. Everyone's trying to help us to to survive in the world when we're little. And so we take on some understandings of things. Uh, And they may or may not be true for us. It's it's what we were told, um, honestly, from people to try to help us to live and survive. So the first step is to know yourself, to really know yourself. Uncover what really matters to you. And part of that is do some kind of slowing down, some kind of reflection, some kind of grounding practice so that you slow down and can start to be with yourself. Um, and then you you also may need some support to get clear. Um, that can speed things up. So so I would just say very often people I work with who are um, coaching or – um seeing in workshops, very often people are suffering. We're suffering from one thing or another in our lives, but we don't really know that things can be different or how to step into that. Um, very often we don't even know we have agency that we can do something. Anyway, that's the first one is to know yourself. The second one is to act from that place. And what that requires which is, um, there's no sh- short supply of that in this little room here, but it requires self-confident confidence and, um, some real courage. Um, it means having difficult conversations, which could mean, um, when someone comes in and you find, uh, they put a, plastic bottle of coke in your refrigerator you're saying something Um, but it also could be speaking up when someone says something racist or sexist or ageist or homophobic Um, saying that uh, you're gay or trans or whatever getting help when you're being battered telling the truth about your relationship with your spouse to really acting from a place that's more real and whole so Um, I'm talking about living with integrity. Um, That's really it. And Mm -hmm. the impact when people do develop over time, which I'm fortunate I get to see because I'm a coach. The impact is on not only themselves, it's on people around them, on family members, people at work. But it can also then develop into what am I really here for? What really matters to me? What do I want to step into and start helping in the world? So for me, that's why it's super important.
0: Yeah. That's love I love that. So, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about is um, work out what your true values are and then anchor mm-hmm. yourself in your values. And to me, it's a starting yeah. point, right? So. Yeah. Um, if you're a person of your word and you say to yourself, I am a person of my word and nobody can switch me off, knock me off my anchor, then you, uh, then you, over time people will understand you're a person of your word. Um, but you've got to anchor yourself in them. So I remember some younger people that I've worked with in the past, I could see them coming in and they were still trying to work out who they were and I was watching other people constantly knocking them off their values and before mm. before they knew it, they were lost. Yeah. And that's, to me, the beginning of the journey. And you've got to get back to that person. And just if you can remember, you know, what's important to you? What, what will you not compromise on? You know, my, yeah. I, I, annoy, I annoy the crap out of my husband with my values, but he also knows that I'm there's things that I'm uncompromising on as he is, right? And we're very clear with each other what those things are for each of us. Um, yeah. So values to me are super important. I agree. That's
3: super important. Um I also uh find uh God there's some of you just said that I was gonna comment on and now it's gone. Uh husband. husband. Oh yeah, You're that's going. no, no, She's not. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tess. No, but it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: it'll
3: I was trying come to prompt back. you there. No? Oh yeah, say, no, thank awesome. you, thank you. That didn't work. Um I don't
2: know. I'll, it'll come back. Yeah, it, it does. Anchor, probably the anchor. Was she talking about the anchor? Anchoring in your values. Uh, so I guess my my question then is, if I anchored in my values uh, at this age, um, when should I change that? Uh, when when should I allow myself? To be influenced by a better version of it. Yeah, I mean because that's always. Yeah, so so it otherwise. Even...
1: Sorry, Tim. Tim, why don't you hang on to that? I saw the idea come back to Kathy. Let's let's go back to Kathy before it leaves her again. <laughs>
3: she wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, but Tim, can yeah yeah I wrote it down. That's all right. Um, I'll just say it real quickly. So you know, I'm with you about the values, but I I also sometimes hear people say things like, "Well, you know, that's just the uh, you know I can't change. That's just the way I am." And um, I figured out some, some time in the past, years ago, that um, the truth is, whatever we say, this is just the way I am. I can't change. Um, really, that's, that's rarely the way we really are. And the way I describe it is that is this. I ask the person... Just imagine that if you were born on an island and there was nobody else there and you grew up on this island and when you're 25 or 27 years old, someone landed on the island. You're not going to walk up to that person and say, "Um, look, I just can't get along with people like you because because you're not going to say this is the way I am. I always I always I have to have the data and I can't you know, if I don't have the data, then I can't have a conversation. It's. It's that things have happened to us in life that have made us make choices about how, how we are. Um, but that's part of I'm with you about the values, is starting starting from that is a great place to start. Hmm. Um, but I also think people need to be do some reflection in order to get there because yeah. we all have been told by whether it's whether it's our family members or our school people or extended family or the society or whatever, what this is the, this is, these are the right values and this is what you need to live by. And we very often take them on. So um, helping people to actually get to what really is their values. What, what do you, what do you really stand for? What really matters to you? It's not okay. so easy.
0: No, no, I, I agree. Okay. And, and what Tim was saying, like, you know, um, so one of your values is I, I tell the truth. Um uh, yeah if you grow out of that and say, now I want to lie, that's, you know, that's a, it's a decision, right. But um, yeah, it, 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 but you're right, Cathy, you've got to go inside and you've got to say, is that me? Is that mine? Was it given to me by my parents, by the church yes. I attended, whatever. Yes. right? Um, yes. And then you've got to say, does it sit with me? And you've got to, you've got to have silence in your life to be able to do that. And one of the things yes. I talk a lot about is go, you know, for me it was travel, you know, just on the road for months and months and months facing my mind um, not everybody needs that much time, but I certainly did. Um, but yeah, but I also find people are scared to face themselves. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of terror, you know, cause yeah. Yeah. You must've seen that well, in your work too, Kathy.
3: I do. I do. And, and there's a real hesitation to really look at what's there. And sometimes it's people, we just had a coaching session a couple of days ago where someone was saying, um, I don't know what I don't even know how to react to that. I don't know what to, I don't know I don't know what that is. Um it it's yeah, it can be scary. But it's also people get through it. It's not like it's a you know, it's not like you're running into a brick wall or something, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it comes in stages and sometimes you get tired of it and sometimes when you evolve, the people in your life are no longer relevant
3: Yes,
0: or or you start to recognise that that's, they're actually creating harm for you. Um, I was speaking to someone just recently. They um, they got rid of all of their friends because on their 50th birthday not one person turned up. And mm. my heart ached so much for this person yeah. that you could be put in that situation. Um, but she realised that she wasn't surrounding herself on. with the sort of people that she should be surrounding herself with. So exactly. it, was a big, it was sad and it was heartbreaking, but she grew from it, you know. So yeah. we've got to look around us as well. Sorry, Tim.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, I just burst into tears because I realised nobody turned up to mine, but we're all in lockdown at the time. Yeah. I think the idea of reflection is a really good one. It's a very challenging one. I think... I think that is that takes a lot of courage, but it also takes a bit of planning to do it because I think a lot of the time we go through our lives experiencing something and tolerating it until it gets to the point of it forces us to make a call on it, and that takes a long time. That process takes a long time of getting down to the the bottom and then just going no, I don't want that. So now I know what I don't want, and we, we I mean. Um, that happened a lot for me with, with, you know, relationships. It was like, I don't know what I want in a relationship. And I'm in a relationship we go, well, I don't want that. And so, mm. uh, and then, okay, next. And now I don't want this as well. And so I basically, by building up the whole list of things I didn't want, um, I was able to then kind of work out what I probably did want. Uh, and, you know, I could have saved myself a bit of
3: time, but but sometimes you kind of got to live it. Yeah. I agree. Um, Sometimes, um, yeah, you got to live it. But but one of the things I work with people on is is moving those conversations back further towards when you first, you know, when you if you get together, you're seeing someone and you're dating or something, and then they do something and you're all in love and everything's great and everything they do is wonderful. But then that something happens, you you. And you're thinking, I can't, you know, that's weird, but oh yeah, no, I love you. Um, and so you let things slide. The same things happen, the same things happen in the workplace. When someone does something that we don't like and we don't want to, well, you know, he'll he'll get better, he'll you know, he won't do that forever. But then he does it again and then we start there's only a little with, bit of fraud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Only a little bit of fortune. Just $10,000. Hello. Anyway, and then it gets to where we're looking at the person in a different way. Now we're thinking, God he is just totally lazy. She doesn't even care about this team. Whatever it is, we're thinking that we've made up now, because we never had that conversation to just say, wait, wait, um, I saw you do it like this. And I'm wondering about that. What is that about? Um, because we could all save ourselves in terms of relationships. Well, we're we're down the road on relationships, but everyone could save themselves some heartache by just um, speaking up, which is where the courage comes from. But I also know I'm I'm like you, Tim. I I learned about what I wanted, what was great for me, and what wasn't by um, making mistakes, and just that's how we learn so hmm. but now you know, i your don't
2: question. Hmm? your question just now is fantastic though it's like so i saw you do this i'm wondering about that so i'm owning my wondering but i'm li- i'm offering the platform for them to explain themselves rather than going you did it like this
3: and therefore you're wrong Is yeah. just basically going into battle or even worse mm-hmm. you know wh- why'd you do it like that is that what you, you think yeah. that's right i mean what it's anything Mary. you're doing where you're poking somebody else. Yep. As if you are the one that's connected to God and you know everything. That's yep. Yep. it's just not okay. It's respecting the other person. That's it. And that you can do the same thing in the workplace as in your private life. It
2: I've had a few conversations well. with you. I've had a few mm-hmm. conversations with you, Kathy, about Expectations as well. And so some of this, mm-hmm. some of it comes down to expect. What do we expect of others that hasn't been explicitly discussed? Yes.
3: And your conversation Lego is wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Can yeah. you share, us the, sh- share that sure. story? Sure. A-, um, a guy I was coaching in the past at a company, um, but it was during the COVID times, uh, he was working at home and he has couple of little kids, and his wife was home too. So he was in the their bedroom and set up his office there. Um, but he went out to get a cup of coffee in the kitchen, and one of the kids had left out, some of the, didn't clear up all the Legos, and he was walking barefooted and stepped on a Lego. Now, you know that's not going to be a pleasant feeling. And he, you know, we were having this session, and he told me, he said, I just... You know, I was so angry. It was like, why did, you know, why didn't she get this thing picked up? And here I am, you know, my foot's hurt, hurt et etc. And um, so then I asked him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure that hurt a lot. I said, um, I'm interested in knowing about the conversation you had with your wife earlier, where you discussed about and agreed that she would be in charge of making sure all the Legos were picked up on the, off the floor. And he looked at me and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't have that conversation. (laughs) We got it. It's like we go off sometimes and assume someone's read our mind that, you know, yeah, it's unexpressed expectations.
0: causes Um, lots of problems at home uh, and in the workplace too. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Expectations are amazing. You know, you'll meet somebody and and their father has let them down for 40 years and they still expect it to be different. Yeah. And because they're still expecting it to, do, to be different, they're living in pain. And it's yeah. like to just stop expecting anything else, and then because actually when you move out of expectation and you ex- actually expect nothing, often they actually step up a little bit. But it doesn't—it's mm-hmm. my like shrinking the bubble analogy, right? Um, yeah. Not everyone's going to be able to meet your expectations. So the best thing to do is to not have expectations. I have expectations yeah. of my husband. And I have expectations of my children, but they're different because I'm allowing them to grow and, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And I, so my expectations can't limit that growth, but but it's, you know, there's things like tell the truth, be respectable, yeah. that sort of stuff, right? But expectations are the bane of our existence and so many people struggle, so many with that.
3: Well, yeah, exactly. And here's the thing, it's actually expectations, <sighs> Um, I don't know it's like uh, I I totally agree what we can share is here's what I'd like what I would like is this but you need to verbalize it because otherwise if we don't verbalize it we just make assumptions and assume they're going to do that and then they don't and then you know there's a lego on the floor and we go nuts about it but it it's 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 actually saying what you're thinking and making a request. But the person, other person is an adult, except for your kids, although they're pretty close there. Um, and they can say no if they want to. Yeah. Any adult then, can. But but just
0: you have to ask. Yeah. And then if, if they never get, if they say to you, I can't give you what you want, yeah. accept it. Yeah. Then live your life
3: on. I mean, yeah, you know, that's the way it is. And it's a great thing to know if you if if you have a boss, for example, who uh, is uh, really rude, it always interrupts you. And if you say, you know, I one thing I noticed is that um, three times this morning when I've been speaking, before I finished, you started speaking on top of what I was saying. Um, you know, what I'd really like is, if you could find a way to allow me to finish what I'm saying before you started, that would be really great. Is that, is that okay for you? The thing is they could say, look, sorry, but no, that's not me. And if I want to say something, I'm going to say something. If it were me, I would want to know that my boss felt like that. I'd be looking mm. for another boss myself, but it, really, but if you don't ask, they're never going to change. They might say, you know what I, I heard someone say this, you know, my wife tells me that all the time, and you know, I know I need to make a change. And he, sa- and he said, "I'm sorry," but the point is, we need to just ask, just mm. ask, and listen. If and you're right, if they say no. Well, okay, now I know, and I can make changes or or decisions in my love own life. Which could say, you know what, I'm just going to live with them because I really love this job, but yeah. it might not.
0: Yeah, important piece of information. Absolutely, and don't suffer in silence, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, have, and, and, and and you know, for some people, it's very difficult to speak up and have those conversations. But um, if you're struggling, you know, that's where someone like Catty would help, right? Um, get, getting a coach or a mentor or somebody who can help you, you find what the right words are, but don't continue to suffer. And if you've got a boss yeah. who's just a plain bully, if you're still there twelve months later, then yeah. you know you've got to you've got to ask yourself why. So yeah 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 so right, should
2: we move? sorry so the four agreements are be impeccable with your word don't take anything personally don't make assumptions always do your best and the yeah. fifth one is be clear on who picks up the leg
3: up. He's, yeah <laughs> yeah and that one comes out in 2036.
2: Um, that's, no. <laughs> Which is after 2034 and twenty thirty nine. No,
3: it's true. But I tell you, you have to read the book to really get it. The same thing with Uncommon Courage. Read the book. Don't just – you know, really, it's super, super important and so helpful. No, the, 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 book, you,
1: the book you really want to write is Lego the Lego already. <laughs>
3: oh, boy. So, but, oh, oh, boy. That's right. That's actually, right.
2: Your, your, I mean, one of the things here, and one of the things about coaches, one of the things uh, – One of the things that makes coaches – that differentiates great coaches from lesser ones is their ability to ask great questions. And and one of the things I think people can really learn from great coaches is a great way to ask a question. And some of those things that you just mentioned then, I'm interested in knowing – it, when, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not even a question. It's a sort of a statement. I'm just mm-hmm. knowing in a bit more about this, like when you had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Or I'm wondering about, or I noticed that, you know, earlier today I was interrupted three times before I could finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering about, you know, whether we can have a conversation about that. You know, yeah. I, I just yeah. think the way of asking questions like that would be, is is really powerful.
3: <laughs> mm. I can tell you, I have clients who, I mean, we're we're talking about whatever challenges there is, are going on in their own lives. But um, very often, people will, are making notes about just how to ask a question in a way that is not that's not poking somebody. It's not in any way harming. It is coming from a totally respectful place, and more likely to get. What you're looking for, which is not for someone to run screaming from the room or to be irritated at you, because you're not poking them in any way.
1: Yeah, know, yeah that's I have really. A feeling, mm-hmm. I do have a suspicion that wearing this shirt while I'm asking any kind of question, no matter how helpful <laughs> it is, <laughs> might put out the wrong message. It might, it might,
3: buddy. It yeah. might
2: all right so all Kathy, right Kathy now's a great time to plug that book that you're writing which is about this so um it's called what's it called amazing questions by Kathy
3: Johnson or something like that uh yeah it's something like that no when is it going to be <laughs> I don't when, have when the title yet. it's going to be yeah, <laughs> 2033
0: okay uh, it's not going to okay. be late all so um, the
3: world goes to crap
2: I that's have right
0: I'd be happy with the blog post to start with, with from Kathy. I hear you, darling. Me too. All right. So uh, <laughs> okay. let's get on to the other news that got your attention this week. I've got a cracker. Have you guys got some good ones?
2: Yeah. Okay. Joe does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Has it got to do with Bitcoin and everything else?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, what mine, have you that got? Mine. Oh, the, Andrew, go first. All right. There is a... Uh, There's a story called Sprinklegate. Have you heard this one? Mm -mm. What my dog did to the neighbors. Yeah, apparently a British baker has been caught using illegal American sprinkles.
3: Oh, Oh. you know, I saw saw a headline. Yeah. Yeah. What? So I I don't know (laughs) what it is. yeah, what's in the
0: sprinkles? Got, well, who knows? But American food's full of so many additives and preservatives. Yeah. I'm sure that would be I'm my sure. guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, but I think that I think American sprinkles are rubbish. The best are Australian, anyway. So you know, you know. <laughs> I thought that was a funny, funny break from serious news for me. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, that might explain why Taiwan's in trouble.
0: Um, <laughs> I
2: okay. The one for me, the one for me is that the. Uh, the queen who's 95 uh visited hospital and it's not to do with covid it's about it's for uh, preliminary investigations and uh, it meant that she didn't have to go to northern ireland uh but and uh, this is not actually a funny article at all it's just something i noticed but i decided to make it funny um she she went to hospital on thursday after having dinner with boris johnson on tuesday <laughs> <laughs> And actually she had dinner with Boris and Bill Gates and a bunch of others uh, uh, pre these, these these talks that are coming up. So, but yeah, she's getting on, the Queen. I'm worried for her. Yeah. Well, I'm not worried for her. I mean, that, the, Joe's inevitability comments earlier on, there is an element of inevitability the next few years. But but um, yeah, I just noticed that. It's not the most important news in the world.
0: But yeah. Um, I, I, I so I didn't have a chance to have a look into it, but it's kind of one of those, you know, age stories. You know, once once this process begins, and I don't know, it's, it's going to She's done an amazing job. Yeah,
2: she's been amazing. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting time for England once she passes. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a very strange one for the whole UK. The other one mm-hmm. I noticed was the um, there was a an article a, a research paper put together by. Scientists from various parts of the world and they were looking at um, the uh, tro- how tropical countries lost a lot of um, five hours of daily physical activity per person in 2020 because of climate challenges and um, and then how dengue is one of the things that could resurface in a significant and serious way in the tropics um, with, for example, Singapore noticing it was um, at the same time, 2021 saw the rise of a locally rare dengue virus called the den V3. And we haven't seen an outbreak of this in 30 years um, because, so these things are starting to make a comeback because the conditions that we're creating conditions that are going to harm ourselves.
0: So five hours a week is that per person per week or this do, this do... was um
2: I'll have to find that one but it was it uh, my understanding was it was they lost five hours a day of daily physical activity so presumably that's people um, that were outside doing stuff now
0: with farming buildings people. yeah I'd be okay, interested be if we yeah I'll try and find the numbers in that. Because five hours per day right now would be um, catastrophic. No, it'd have to be over you, a longer if, period. Yeah, if you think of farmers. even if it was,
2: even it was, if we lost five hours of work time for the year, multiplied out by the entire population of people that live on the equator, that's going to be huge.
0: Yeah, and when we get to no. one point five, that's when we move into that sort of too hot to live territory, and we're, we've already seen the too hot sort of situations happening all over the world. But when it moves up in, from a temperature perspective, then that's when we well, go into famines and um yeah, and then you've got pestilence, which you were just talking about. And you know, so so plain. let me just put that in perspective. Yeah. If
2: it, if it is five hours per person per year, which sounds insignificant, um, just remember that there's there's about 261 work days per year. And after annual leave and everything else uh, and sick days and everything else i calculated this years, years ago you end up with about 221 work days reasonable amounts of work days and and if that if we have eight hour or nine hour day let's say eight hour days and an hour for lunch 221 multiplied by eight is is uh 1768 hours work hours per year and if we've lost five of those um then that is sort of 0 point3 percent and that point3 percent of those even the five hours multiplied by a million people is a lot of full-time work lost, you know, based on, based on just these, these small links. But anyway, I'll try and find out what the actual figure is. But I just yeah. noticed that two things. One was the rise of dengue in this part of the world, and yeah. then there was another article talking about Delta Plus in Russia. Have you heard of Delta Plus? No, it's, no. no. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, who else yeah. has got something?
1: Well, I want to tell the, uh, the horrible, horrible story of the, uh, the man who lost his key to his bicycle lock. <laughs> I don't know if you've had any of this yet, but this is uh, one of those stories that's been hugely popular locally. Uh, a guy loses the key to his bicycle uh, in a mall and it searches desperately for all kinds of ways to free his bicycle from his own lock. He wants to get a, 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 a wire cutter from the mall and the mall won't lend it to him because the key can't prove that it's his bicycle. Um, so what he does in the end uh is something that's inadvisable uh he calls the police now he calls the police to say that the bicycle was stolen and he'd found the bicycle at the mall and then the bike, and then what the police would do was come over and uh that they'd help him free his stolen bicycle right uh all this sounds like a bad idea already. And it's worse when you find out that he also is a police officer himself. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> you he's having a him great him.
1: day. Um, the, the funny thing is he had actually gone ahead and taken the advice of his colleagues uh, on, on on chat as he was saying, what do I do with this? And I think some of his helpful colleagues had kind of joked with him and go like, you know what you should do is just call it in and then this will happen and that will happen. And uh, as the article said, I, I can't remember which online um, uh, platform said it, um, the, the the next line was in bold. He says, he actually calls the police, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he takes the bad <laughs> advice. So he's been charged, and the good news is his colleagues have not.
0: <laughs> <sighs> Are you just, yeah, sing, Singapore news. So always amazing. Cathy, have you got any ones? Yeah, yeah. Um... I was just,
3: uh, okay, here's one article from the New York Times. In Bogota, Colombia, they have set up a hotline for men, and it's aimed at, um, the aim is at fighting violence against women. The focus is on men to teach them to understand their emotions and control their actions. The whole idea is um, pushing men to focus on how that often unexamined, unexamined attitude is hurting their own lives and the lives around them, so they're looking to inspire a, a deeper cultural change, which I just find interesting. And they're they're apparently there. Lots of people calling in. So it's working. I also, yeah, huh? yeah. Um, I also I have this thing about animal cruelty. It just it is really hard for me. Um, and I read this article. This was a CNN thing, but it, it was about somewhere in California or the state of California, California pork prices um, were going up um, due to this new change where they're going to allow sows, so female pigs, to not be penned up in a very small space. I I didn't write down what the – it's like they're they're living their lives in this little – place where they can't move much brown and now they've made this new law where they can actually have some i think it's 25 feet by something but the big news item was it the price is going to go up and that's going to hurt the markets in the same the other i don't know that drives me nuts Mm.
0: because we eat we eat the pain and suffering of the animals that we harm right so if you want to eat meat surely you want to eat meat from animals (laughs) But don't yeah. have all those stress Not hormones different. in their bodies, right? Yeah. 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 It's phenomenal. Yeah. It really is. All right. Uh you guys ready for the next bit? The final, the finale. All right. What's keeping you distracted at the moment? I, I I was talking about the podcast that I've been listening to uh Wall Street Journal's Future of Everything. Uh keep an eye on that. It's it's good. Uh they they do some really good topics, but right now they're doing this energy storage one, which I think is important for us to learn. So who who's uh, obviously Kathy, you've been reading anything on Netflix yeah. or podcasts or anything?
3: anything um, Margaret's out of town, so I'm not watching anything. Um I haven't watched anything for five weeks. Um because she does all the Netflix and all of that stuff. I don't do that. I but I do watch, but not with it's just me. Um She's but, come
2: uh, up rocking in the corner.
3: no i love my books i really do so um i'm i'm uh uh, i'll tell you one other book it's okay to talk about books yeah what are they again just (laughs) um where's the one i just oh this is not uh i did it on audible this is wonderful another wonderful book that is um by a coach And the name of it is The Way of Integrity. It's one I could have written, but anyway, it's a brilliant, not exactly her, her, she's using her story as well, but um, The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. Mm. It's it's a brilliant one. I highly recommend that one. That's keeping, well, I just finished that. Now it's 2034 and I just can't wait. I don't know what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
0: I love a book like that. All right, Tim. Tim, what's got you? What's got you distracted? I've been, I've been binge watching
2: The Orville, but I've been, I've been. It's been a restrained binge because there's only two seasons, so I'm I'm like (laughs) wanting to binge, but I have to like, okay, I have to stop. Otherwise, I'll watch it all. There'll be nothing else to watch. So, and I've been, (laughs) I've been saving up. I'm very good at saving. I'm very good at saving television shows. I've been saving up uh, only Murders in the Building so that there's a few episodes that I can binge because I can't stand waiting a week for the next one. So I've I've seen some more.
0: There's more talk about Murders in the Building now on uh, social media. I don't know if you noticed. So people are obviously uh, starting to pay attention to it. Well, it's obviously they've
2: heard it on this show. Obviously, oh, Obviously. Yeah. Well, nothing Obviously. to do with Steve Martin and Martin Short being famous.
1: yeah, no. yeah. Uh, Joe? Well, first of all, I would say i would I would hate that a show like this would be the source of recommendations for viewing because people have had to go through all the other important stuff to get to it <laughs> right at the <laughs> end. Um, I, I really enjoy the podcasts that come out of the uh, the Pushkin Network. So, Pushkin is uh, one that's built around Malcolm Gladwell and his stuff. And there's one here called uh, Cautionary Tales Cautionary Tales with Tim Harford. Uh, superbly written, uh, or I should say, superbly rewritten. He's one of these guys who's very good at going out there and finding something from somewhere else and putting it together and telling the story well. So he's not necessarily uh, the most original of uh, of writers, but what he does is he finds those interesting stories and brings them to you. Uh, and so he 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 brings all kinds of tales, essentially that um, are, are not quite what they seem when you first hear about them. So mm-hmm. and and always with a with a with a twist where you go like, oh, okay, so I should really think about things uh, a little bit more. So cautionary tales. Uh, he's got. I think two seasons or three seasons of it already and each one is well written well produced uh well researched and always interesting so the 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 thing that he's got right now is something which I think is really relevant in the time that we have right now uh the title is called the truth about hansel and gretel and I won't I won't do a spoiler on this but it is basically the question of what happens when you say something is true when it's not you know so it it starts off, and I can I can tell you this part. But like the movie Fargo, I had never seen the movie Fargo, and uh, I understand that the movie Fargo starts by telling you that this is based on a true story, which apparently it's not. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the kind of thing that it discusses, and that's the kind of thing I think the world that we're living in is 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 based on. Everybody uh, has that. It's based on a true story without any substantiation.
0: Uh, you know the author of Wicked. And then he, he did a whole series of books where he took uh, famous fairy tales and then wrote different stories. So Wicked's about the Wicked Witch, right? And it sh- tells her story. And it was a story that we never got. Uh, I wonder, it's not. It's not the same guy. Is a different, different. No, I guy. think not.
1: This is this is this is Tim Harford. He's not a. He's he, Tim Harford is much more about um, the truth rather than than than, than rewriting stuff. But uh, he right. does talk about he does talk about uh, some creative work that's gone into that and how people are affected by that. Because, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, Dan, Dan Brown's a good example of someone who writes something that if you're not paying attention, you go like, wow, this is real. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you'd have to be, of course, very distracted to not realise that it, the word novel is part of it. I was um, yeah. reading it, an article the other
0: day that people believe the Dan Brown novels as truth. Wow. Just yep. the other day, I was reading something about it. So yeah,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and several movies have been the the, the basis of people's uh, historical recounts about you know how we had this guy on the, on Mars and he survived completely on uh, on on potatoes and stuff like that, and we sent out a rescue mission and brought him back, and you know, how wonderful we are.
2: We could oh, we yeah, could yeah, actually yeah. solve <laughs> world hunger if we didn't spend all the money saving Matt Damon from being lost in space. <laughs> <laughs> He's stuck in space in lots of movies. Okay. Well, actually, it's not just in space. We—he was Private Ryan's. We had to save him. We had to save him from Mars. We had to save him from somewhere else. We're saving him from everywhere.
0: Yeah, anyway. maybe he's worth saving.
2: All right, guys. Well, we let's lock him up in a small pen next to a pig.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, way. first of all, Cathy, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you come and join us again. Uh, it's really lovely to have that. My pleasure. Yeah. That. Perspective or authenticity. I think it was, um, it's a really important conversation that we all need to be having more of and um, trying to help other people who are struggling with, you know, speaking their truth or, or finding the right words to sort of solve some of the challenges that they're facing. Um, I upload the podcast as quickly as possible to Uncommon Courage. So if you'd prefer to listen to this as an audio, that's there every week. Um, but otherwise, that's it. That's the no show for this week. Yeah, just keep
2: a lookout for Delta Plus, which was called oh, AY yeah. 4.2 in Britain. Just um, that's the one the Russia is worried about. So they're going to lock down because apparently it's even more contagious. So mm. we've we got to, you know, take care, everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just remember we're two weeks behind the COVID news. The virus always wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you. you. Bye bye. Take care. No show. They talk about the week. No show. What's happening in our streets. No show. They'll help you understand all the latest dishes going on in the land. Making sense of what's going on. About the
1: latest news affecting everyone. No show. They talk about the week. No show. What's happening in our streets. No show, sure, no show. Sure.